speakers from the outside come into our, our uh, this room and talk to us about their careers, how they got there, what their prep work was like, and all of the above. Kind of gives you guys a chance to be up close and personal with people that do something outside baseball. So, and maybe teach or talk or, or think about something other than what you would learn in a classroom. But back it all the way up to the first meeting that we had last year, where I asked the group if there was any particular vocation or anything like that that you wanted me to try and find a speaker for, to jot it down on a piece of paper and let me have it at the end of the meeting. One of you did. One of you said, I'd like to hear something about relationships. And I was like, that's pretty cool. So at that time, we brought Mike Donahue, who runs a men's group that I attend, as well as he is the pastor of Church One, which is located over off of Charles Street, in case you're looking for a non-denominational church. He has since left Search Ministries and opened his own business called Bloodline Ministries. And I felt it only fair if I could offer the other side of the coin, the, the female's perspective of relationships as well. And I only knew one, and that was Miss Anita Helm. Anita is the owner of Four Dose Productions. She is a professional speaker, a motivator, an innovator, um, all of the above when it comes to that. She's also one of my personal editors for the book Fast and Hard which is a book that I'm currently in the process of going through our fourth rewrite or something like that. She's also helping me with a speech or two. So she's a pretty dynamic lady. I think you guys, or the people that were here last year, liked her so much that we asked her back last spring. She became a fan of ours. She traveled with us to Richmond. The next thing you know, we didn't know where we might see her, but she always seemed to pop up, and it was always a joy to have her. Even out on the field, it was pretty cool to have her down the right field line, either to start the game or end the game. And we extend that invitation to her, of course, this year. But I wanted to bring her back this fall, rather than wait to January, to make sure we got off on the right foot when we talk about relationships. Okay? So, for their old guys, it might be somewhat of a review. But for the new guys, it should give you kind of a basis so that you... Now, get, to get a feel for what we're really trying to do for you here, which is try to round you out. Round you out as you grow with this program from starting to finish. Okay? Nothing is off limits with Miss Helm. Nothing. And I'm sure she will let you know that, you know, throughout the course of her presentation. All right? If you don't have one of these, raise your hand. Everybody got one? Good. You'll have to share pens and or pencils because she's going to ask you to do something related to that. I'm going to step away. I'm going to let her have her time. Miss Anita, if by chance there are some 5 o'clock classes, some of these guys may have to exit relatively close to that. We'll give them a 20-minute start to get to their class. So about 440, 445, they'll roll. Okay? My final request would be somebody please walk her back to my office. I'll be in there finishing up on some things and for her you know, traveling all the way up and doing this for us, I'm going to take her out for dinner this evening. So please enjoy yourself with Miss Anita Helm.
Welcome. By a show of hands, how many have never been here to even hear me before? Just a little higher. Okay, that's a lot of you guys. This is good. So as your coach just said, I'm Anita. Miss Anita, Anita Helm, whatever you want to call me, okay? But um, what he was sharing is that I am the owner of Bordeaux Productions. The reason why I started that company was when I was older, I'm in my 50s, I said, I wish I had known some of the things I know now back when I was in my 20s, when I was in college, high school. If they had taught me some of that, it would have been very meaningful, but they didn't do it. So when I started thinking about my second act, I've been doing procurement law for about 30 years. I didn't want to do a business for that, but I wanted to do something I'd come back and share my life stories so that I can help you all. The reason why I come to young adults or older adults is because we need you men to be stronger as men for your households, whether you're dads, husbands, sons, in your communities, in the college life, on the court, whatever you're doing on the field. And so it's important for some of the things I want to talk to you about. Now, I'm not the type that has a bunch of handouts because, like you, if I have paper around, it's going to get thrown away, it's going to just collect dust, and I'm not going to look at it. But for what I do is I use a lot of my teachings and I put them up on YouTube. I have a Four Dose channel at Four Dose Productions. I have a Milkshake Monday podcast. So those are my, I have Instagram, the new X instead of Twitter, and all these different platforms that I have. So if you look up on Google or Safari or whatever your search engine you put in, Eda Helm or Four Dose, you'll start to see some of my stuff come up. So even after today, for those that couldn't make it, I heard there's a few people that are doing special practices or something. But I want to make sure that if they're not here, or if you're, this is what happened last year. Like Coach said, this is my third time. I came in January, and it was the last session before you all would actually have your first pitch dinner. So I came on that Friday, that Saturday. I get there. I go from, I think I wore something very casual for that Friday, but that next day, you know, we were all looking good that day. So I get there, and between the girlfriends, who you had gone home and started talking about what you've learned, and the parents who had hear, heard a few things, they said, some of our guys said, I wish you had talked about business relationships too. So that's how I got brought back for April, because I talked about romantic relationships. And then the second session, I did business relationships. And a fun fact, I have a 30-year-old and a 22-year-old. My 22-year-old just last April graduated as a senior from college. She was freaking out like the rest of you, when you have to leave college, you need a job, and everybody's asking her month after month, did you get a job, did you get a job? So she's going through stress, we're driving down the highway, and I say to her, why don't you put on the YouTube called Business Relationship with Towson? And I'm still driving, at the end of it, I don't say a word, we parents know when to just shut up. Just let the words come out. So she's listening, and she's quiet, and then at the end I said, so what'd you think? I wish it had been longer. Why didn't I learn any of this in my four years of school, Mom? that I can't account for that college experience, but I'm telling you, this is the things you need to know. So even today, I'm gonna do a recap, but I'm not gonna repeat everything I did for session one and two, because y'all have time, go to YouTube, go to the Milkshake Monday platform. So wherever you go, hey Bobby, so whatever you end up doing, take a listen to one and two, just to refresh yourself for those who he called old school, or old guys, or whatever you all are, you're the former veteran. But for those of you who are new, Take the time to actually listen to see what I was talking about at first. Now, a little bit about Anita personally. 
I have been single, meaning I was in high school. Actually, I had my first boyfriend in eighth grade. Didn't have another boyfriend until the junior year in college. He was a wolf in sheep's clothing, but I fell for him. He asked me to marry him. I said yes. We got married right after college. There were a lot of red flags in the relationship. Uh, marriage was rocky, infidelity, all kinds of stuff. And then to top it off, he started using crack cocaine. And just so you know, my undergraduate was in psychology and speech and theater. Uh, speech and theater. So I didn't use my psychology all those four years very well when making a decision about who I should marry. Well, that relationship went bust after eight years. I self-sabotaged my life by settling for, settling for something that I knew wasn't probably right. But at the time, I lost my virginity. He was the only guy that really asked me out in college. I was self-doubting myself and was I this, was I that? So that marriage ended. I took about a year and a half to kind of say, Nita, what, did, what was the reason for that? Why were you thinking you, he was the only one? Why were you thinking that was it? But that's what happens when you don't have a girl, another person in your life that reaffirms you, that says that you're wonderful and all that. You start thinking, what's wrong with me? And nothing's wrong with you. You just haven't met your opposite that's going to be attracted to you. And I'm going to show you a visual at the end of this teaching about that. Well, in that year and a half of doing work on what I will talk about as your first person relationship, which is yourself, your own self-care. If you don't take care of yourself, how are you making a foundation for a romantic relationship, a business relationship, your family? If you're doing stuff to harm yourself, for whatever reasons it could be, you feel empty, you feel lost, you feel confused, you feel doubtful, all these emotions you can have. But when you start harming yourself, whether it's drugs or alcohol or crazy sex without being protected, whatever's going on, that's something going on with the first person relationship. And you gotta be careful because you're building other things on that and you're on a shaky foundation. And that's something you need to time out and get some help. And help is not being weak. Help is saying, I love myself enough, I wanna do something good, good for myself. So today's actual discussion is not gonna be about romance, but I'm gonna do a refresher. It's not going to be about business. It's going to be about coded communication. Because 70 to 90% of what we actually are doing in communication is not what comes out of this mouth. We focus a lot on what people say, but if you really pay attention, a lot of what they say may be inconsistent with what they do, how you see them behave, their eye contact, their body language. All the things that I'm seeing, how people are, I'm gonna show you a few of them so that you're aware. Now, I stopped to say I had that year and a half that I kind of regrouped. I didn't tell you that after the year and a half, I met a friend. And that's what we were. For a year, we were friends. And it's okay to start a relationship, I even encourage it, to have a friend. He wasn't trying to get in my pants. We were talking, I was helping him. We were having relationships, we could laugh, joke. I could be myself. And that's the key thing that as you think about that opposite person that you want to spend the time with, that you think is lifetime, you need to make sure first you're being honest with who you are. I used the expression in the first session about self-marketing. Well, if you are coming to a woman or your partner, whoever, and you're not being honest of who you actually are, what are you building? 
See, you got to be fake for the rest of your 40, 60 years. You're an introvert, but you're going to pretend like you're an extrovert, and you just demand all the parties, and you're just going to do all this stuff. Be real. And that'll be the key sign to say, who do you feel most comfortable being real with? And in this case, this man that I was working with that was my friend, not a job situation, but he was somebody that was the pastor of my mother's church that I was just visiting. And then we started working together. And over time, that friendship blossomed into a relationship. And we knew. We, knew we never really dated. I don't know if that makes sense to you. But we were friendly. And he didn't say, oh, would you like to go out and go to the movies? Would you like to go this, there? Because we were friends, we kind of already were establishing communication. I knew where he was coming from with the cultural background. I knew what he had in his faith. I understood about his finances. We were both broke. I was coming out of divorce, and he was a poor pastor. So it wasn't much finances to deal with. But we understood if we had money, he was the bu I was the budgeter, he wasn't the budgeter. If I ever want to have a fight with my late husband, that was the thing to do. Baby, can we get a budget? No. I just knew where not to go for those things. But eventually we got married. The first marriage, I had a baby girl. And when I left that marriage, I actually had a one-year-old give return to be a two-year-old. So I was a single mother in that year and a half, a broke single mother. But I was, had a job. So when I got married, he assumed my child is his child, and we had a child together. I know a lot of people in this day have, oh, that's my stepdaughter. That's my half-sister, all that talk. Well, in my family, we never did the half and the steps. That was your daughter. That was my husband. That was her father. And when you start to think about relationships that you go into, I know you're in your 20s now, but if you get in an older relationship and there's a child involved, if you marry that person, that is your child. If you're going to treat that child like a step anything, you're already telling them that they're less. They don't measure up. So when the other child comes that's biologically, then all of a sudden there's like, okay, that's the special one. I'm the other. And you're starting a us versus them. So think about what you say, how you treat people, even yourselves. You may be in a situation where you're part of a blended family. How do you feel with the new situation? I mean, you don't want to put your own family in that kind of situation. All right, I'm married. In 2010, my husband had a stroke. He was a big burly guy. Matt, I call him Matt, Coach Tyner, and him were fellow football, basketball, they did all that stuff. Well, when you get older, guys, you're not going to believe this. You're going to think of being 40 and you're going to have that tight, firm stomach and all that stuff. Well, there's not that many 40, 50-year-olds with that tight, firm stomach. So in his case, he didn't take care of his health. Self-care, number one personal, is yourself. And he had a stroke. So for the last 12 years of his life, I was a caregiver. I'm a mother. I'm a wife. I'm a full-time worker. I have a professional podcast that I'm doing. And in addition, I'm caring for my husband. That's a lot as a woman. And if it, you find yourself in that position, it's a lot for men. When he passes away in 2021, I came to see you all in January of 2023. But in 2021, that was the first time, guys, that I told some of you, it was the first time I'd ever lived on my own. And I just met a gentleman that's 52, and he just, he got divorced, and it's the first time he's living alone. It's an adjustment. Because you guys go from living with your parents, then you're here at college, and you have a roommate, or maybe you're living by yourself, but the guys are already always at your place. 
You're not totally by yourself. And there's something when you start to live on your own that it does, it messes with you a little bit. You're like, who am I? Am I comfortable being by myself? Do I want a woman, in your case, woman, do I want a man? But I don't want a man before I'm whole again. I'm hurting, I'm grieving. And a lot of people, after they break up with somebody and they're hurt, first they want to do is get another girl. Well, you need to actually grieve for the girl that you just lost and that relationship that just ended. And you have, there's a lot of mental stuff going on in your head. Well, I'm not good enough. Uh, why does she leave me? Why does she go get him? All that stuff is going on in your head. And you have to kind of take a, a pause and say, let me get whole before I start jumping into something new. So now I am single again. They call it a widow. That's not a very interesting, you know, that's not a great name for it. But that's what it is. I'm single again, so I've gone full circle. So now I'm at this place where I watch guys. I watch to see the behaviors of people that I would think, and, and I gotta tell you something, attraction is not always about what you look like. Because you all are very attractive, you are athletic, but for women, we really are suspicious of you types. Being on, I, I hate to call, call you types, but you all call women types. Oh, she's not my type. She's not this. She doesn't look this way. She doesn't have... But for sports figures like yourself, even in college, there's a reputation that you can be aggressive, that you are people that are players in the sense of playing games with women, notching the belt, hit it and quit it, you know, all that stuff. It may not be true at all, but it may be true for some. So when a woman, maybe people in the athletic, the female athletes may not think of that for you. They know how hard you work. They know how hard you practice, how hard it is to juggle your schedule. But in general, you may have that reputation. What they will look at is the type of man you are, the character, the dignity, the respect you show out of your mouth and out of your behavior. How you act in front of your buddies. Are you a jerk with the group, but then when you're by yourself, you're kind of a nice guy? That's all kind of stuff that's being looked at. Now, what I'm talking about for a recap is, I've already told you about the first person relationship, but some, let me explain a visual to some of you. I use the example of building a house. And if you build a house on a rocky, bad, cracked foundation, a foundation that never had enough, you don't have it elevated right, you don't have it framed right, because you're gonna have a load, and they count the load by how big the house is going to be, what you're going to have in it. And if you don't have that foundation right, you're going to start problems. You are the foundation. In the foundation, you have the support beams. I'm going to call them pillars. And the pillars I'm talking about is the communication I've talked to the team before. Communication is the, I won't say it's the number one, but it's more important than physical, which is my last, the fifth of them. So communications, how you were raised, how you were brought up, some of you were brought up to respect women. Some of you were brought up to cuss them out. Some of them, uh, some of you have been brought up to say women are just for a good time and set. Some of you were brought up with wonderful, strong mothers, grandmothers, aunties, and you know they don't take any mess. And you're looking for a woman that's going to be strong and smart. But it's all about your cultural upbringing. Faith. I don't know where you are and what you understand or know of faith or not. But depending on who you want to be a part of your life, you need to be asking questions of where are you in your faith? Do you have one? Are you agnostic? Are you a certain type of person that 
God is important, God is not important. Scripture is important, scripture is not important. The Quran is important. You have to ask those kind of questions so you know, are you all in agreement? Because all of a sudden you say you want to go in front of the altar and marry somebody. Well, the altar is about God. If you don't believe in God, what are you doing? If you don't pray to God, you don't think about God. You're going before God who you don't know, to say, I'm making a vow, what's the vow? And I'm going to say, I'm going to stay married to this person forever. Really? What about your finances? Everybody always says about finances. That's one of the fourth pillars, and we'll get to the fifth pillar. I don't know what you guys make for a living, but I saw a lot of pictures of people playing summer ball. Great. Absolutely great. People taking vacations. Absolutely great. People working. But there's a difference between people who are working paycheck to paycheck when people have excess money, people that are still getting income and support from their parents versus people who have to work after practice or they have to figure out how are the parents going to pay for tuition and pay for this trip, pay for this. There's all kinds of things with finances going on. If you have no clue about the person that you are looking for or in a relationship, how were they raised? Do they even care about a budget or money? Do they understand the concept of living paycheck to paycheck or living with wealth? Are they going to be able to handle that? So that's something. But the last one is what you all think about. I want somebody with a great booty. I want somebody that can really rock and twerk. And I want somebody that's got blonde hair, blue eyes. I want somebody with a brunette. I want somebody with a tan. I want somebody that has curves. I want somebody that's smart. I want somebody that's athletic. All these things you say you want. Gotcha. But where is kindness, thoughtfulness, compassion? Read and write, analyze, think ahead. Because guess what? In the second round of your life, and I use the example of a boxing that I did for one of our teachings for the first round, you're 20, in your 20s, in the second round of your life for a 15-round bout. You saying you want all these things for your type is really cute. But the person that's going to be able to walk with you until you get to be 40 and 50 and 60 may not have those attributes as you. Because guess what? Everybody blonde goes gray everywhere. Everybody with tight, wonderful breasts, they change. Yeah, believe it, they change. Without cosmetic surgery, some of the breasts that you're seeing are not even real to start with. You, as gorgeous as you may be, some of you, in 20 years, your hair is going to start receding. If it hasn't already started, and you're going to start having these recessions of what your father has. I mean, it's really, this is real. The, the fifth pillar of the physical, everybody makes decisions on their relationships about it, but nothing is going to stay the same. Your teeth are not going to stay the same. Your hair is not going to stay the same. Your hearing, your smell, your gut, your manhood, legs. Everything is changing. Nothing in that last pillar of physical will, will stay the same for you men or the women. But we make all of our decisions in our 20s based on what we see now. Never thinking, what happens if the love of your life gets breast cancer? What if you get prostate cancer? If in the 90 percentile men are getting prostate cancer, 90 percent of this room can get prostate cancer. What if you can't get erectile, I mean erections anymore? It's not funny to get the Skittles or the Cialis and the all these different things, but if it's you, you can't believe it because you're too, you know, you're virile now. 
Those things happen in that fifth pillar. And if you don't have the woman that's going to love you, and I've seen people in their 20s. There was a guy, he went to try out his buddies at 24, his buddy's motorcycle. He was married. He got hit. He couldn't be erect any more of his life. His wife left him because it was about the physical. I can't go the rest of my life without it. Destroyed him. He's already destroyed because of what's happened to him. And the person that he loved, the thought was going to sickness and disease, you know, death to his part. No, uh-uh. I don't love you like that. And I told all of my daughters, I only have two daughters. I told them, if you're going to have a relationship and say I do to anybody, can you still say I do if they come back from warfare or theater and they are injured or maimed? Can you say if the car crashed, the DUI, DWI hit somebody and they don't have a leg or, God forbid, something is messed up in the head with a brain injury, are you still going to love them? Are you still going to love her? And a lot of times you're going to say no because you are not finished being single. You are in the stage where your hormones and testosterone feel good and you want to just lay with anything. But a part of laying with anybody, anytime, is your issues with your first person and your first person self. You're not really, I know you, you think you've grown, and that's fine, you've grown. But there's a level of immaturity in who you are as a man, a young man. Because women are not toys and neither are, are you. And now you can get diseases. Yes, you can get drugs and, and get things fixed, but some things can't be fixed. And babies come because people say, I don't want to be covered. I can handle it. I got special. I got, and all of a sudden, I'm pregnant. And then what are you going to do? Baseball is the least of your issues then. Now, coded communication, body language. Body language is something that a lot of you may not understand because this is where you are. You're coming to learn about it. People that are in the intelligence community, law enforcement, uh, military, they have to learn body language because it means life and death. Now, the way that you sit says a lot. The way that you're biting your nails, you're attentive, your eye contact, slouching, where you sit versus in the front, versus in the back, in the middle, if you're half asleep, all of that says something about your who you are, your energy. And people who are profiling, I'm not a profiler, but it's easy to tell people who are serious and people who are just playing games. You're here, coach said you gotta be here. We'll just listen, you know, I gotta, I got a class and gotta leave for 20 minutes, thank God I got a five o'clock class. I can get out of here. But the thing about your posture speaks about your interest, your energy, it tells about how you've been trained whether there has been a father, there's been a mother that told you when you sit up straight, pay attention, eye contact. You don't fall asleep on somebody. You don't ignore somebody. And think about it. Let me tell you about in college. In college, professors look to see who's in the front row versus who's all the way in the back. All the way in the back wants to hide. They are not prepared. They don't want to be called out. And guess what? We call it on the back row first. Because you're doing that, and we know the people in the front are usually the overachievers, the people that have asserted, the people that have taken time and prepared. And I used to sit up all the way in the front because the professor would teach to me. Until I gave a look that I had understanding, they would not go to another subject. If I was already ready, I asked questions, and all of a sudden, if I didn't understand, okay, you don't understand. Okay, let me explain it again. When I understood, that's when the class moved forward. And you could say, oh, that's Anita trying to get an A. Yeah, 
My mom paid money. I was a paycheck to paycheck family. I wasn't giving thousands of dollars just for fun. I wanted to learn, I wanted to grow. So posture. Let's also talk about eyes. The eyes tell you a lot. Do you all remember a movie called The Negotiator with Samuel L? You have a lot of information in your eyes. Eye contact tells you if the person's tired, if they're bored, sleepy, disinterested, and if they sometimes are lying to you. There are good liars, there sure are. But let's say you're with a woman and you're suspecting something. If, remember in the Negotiator movie it said when somebody has to reach in their brain for that creative, they kind of look up, they kind of have to have verbal garbage because they have to like, uh, 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 um, where, where were you? Uh, I was with Susan. Why does it take so long for you to figure out where you were? You either know you were with Susan. But if you were with Jack, you've got to figure out who can I say that I was just with. Where's, where'd your money go? Um, I, I had to buy a new book. You just went out and got a six pack and a couple of bags of weed. There are all kinds of reasons why people lie to protect themselves, but you probably won't know because you're like, I'm so in love. I just can't believe that they were doing things to You can believe because you've been seeing signs, but you've been ignoring signs. Some of you are tired. You see bags in their eyes. You know, you have to get up, you have to do classwork, you have to get up and do your conditioning, you have to practice, you have to learn plays, you have to go to whatever jobs you got. You got emotions going on behind the scenes, and you look tired. Now, the person in your life that may love you may ignore that, or they may say, hey, is there something I can do to help you? Is there something that you need? Is there something I can do to support you? But that's with the eyes. Let me talk about a handshake. Is a handshake just a handshake? No, you know that. If I go and I shake your hand, I didn't put any clinch. Let's say, hi, how are you? What's your name? Ryan. Hi, Ryan. It's so nice to meet you. Versus, what's your name? Oh, Stephen. Hi, how are you doing? You know? Everybody has a way that they convey if they really want to be there. And then let's talk about space. If I don't know you, me coming into your personal space, I don't know you. So I can't just, can I come shake your hand? I didn't ask that. But you were okay with it because of my position and coaches brought me in. But if I just come in your personal space, back off. You don't know me. If I go and talk to a friend and they're eating a, a thing of McDonald's french fries, and I take a couple fries, I know my friend, they're gonna allow it. If I come take fries off your plate, woman, I don't know you, don't be touching my plate, you give me COVID. You don't know what's going, but personal space and boundaries. I went to a club, it wasn't a club, it was a restaurant, but there was a saxophonist there, and he's playing and he's gesturing, he comes over and he's doing the whole saxophone, it sounded good, and he strokes my arm three times. I don't know him. I don't know what he wanted, but you don't just come to a strange woman and you start stroking my arm. He could have been punched. I know enough who's I go right to that juggler. Ah! And he's like, oh, she looked cute, but she's dangerous. You don't know people. You have to be serious about personal space. In business, you have to also be serious about space because everybody doesn't want you up on them. They don't want you to be in their office or cubicles. Those are things you have to think about. Ask things. Let me talk about what I remember being on the field I won't say who asked me, but one of the gentlemen asked, they had an interest in a hostess. The hostess may be there and she's seeing all kinds of you Towson people coming in and out as young men. Beautiful girl. I'm just making it up. 
It's the difference between somebody who said, hey, can I have your number? Coming up at their job, can I have your number? Why would she want you? Versus a, a person coming up to her and saying, excuse me, my name is John. I noticed you and I'm interested. Or is it okay for me to give you my number? And if you're interested, I'd love to talk to you. You want something from her. She doesn't know you. How many times has she been told she's pretty? How many times has she been told by every guy that comes in the restaurant, I want to, I want to get to know you? Do you want to get to know her or you want to go to bed with her? I mean, that's the reality of what is she thinking. But if you come at a different approach that you've thought through and you are respectful and you offer something of yourself to her beyond your privates. But I'm just saying, would you mind if I give you my number? And if you'd like to, then we can call me, please. Think about call me. She's going to remember that. She's going to think about that. Another thing about time. What does it tell me or your coaches at this stage about how you use your time? How many of you, I know you were rushing from the field. You have all kinds of obligations. But let's pretend it's not this example. You have somewhere to be, whether it's a practice, whether it's something. And you're supposed to be there at 5 o'clock. You get there at 10 after 5. What does that say? You don't have good time management. You're going to say, Coach, I would have been here at 5, but. Well, that's one time. What if it's every time? You don't respect time. You don't know how to manage your time. Why would I want you on my team if you can't even manage time? How are you going to manage training? How are you going to manage being consistent with your play? That's the reality of it. All right, I got to watch time. Now, here's the thing I was going to tell you about. I'm sure I've forgotten many things. But some of you may not make the team. Some of you may make the team, and you'll be on the bench watching. Some of you may make the team and are very good, but you'll get injured, and you'll be redshirted, and your season will be in a different way than you expected. Some of you may make the team or may be the starting nine plus, right? All those scenarios are possible. But here's the thing I want to prepare you is that whatever the state of the scenario that happens to you, I need to prepare for the communication that's in your brain. Because the first thing you're going to think of is I've been rejected, I'm embarrassed, I can't believe what I've prepared for, I've worked for, I came to Towson for, is not happening. And there's a thing about grief, you know, people think about grieving the dead. Yes, we do grieve people that have died, but when you grieve, you also grieve disappointment, rejection, loss of dreams, loss of relationships. When a girl breaks your heart and says it's not going to be you, that hurts. And we focus so much on the girl and her walking away and the embarrassment of telling the guys it didn't work out, but we don't think, I'm grieving the fact that I really thought we had something. I thought she got me. I thought we were close. I thought we connected. I thought I was going to have a future with her. And it feels like crap that that's not going to happen. The same with the job. You thought you were the best person for a job. You get the letter to say, I'm sorry, we went another way. That hurts. But here's the icing on the cake. People are going to ask you when they found out that you and Sally are no longer together, hey, man, are you all right? Oh, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Self-marketing says, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm cool. I'm cool. Hey, I get somebody else. That's not really being honest. But for them, that's what you're going to tell them, because that will get them off, and that will make you seem like you're all right. You have to have that corner I spoke to you all in the session one, who's going to come to you and say, man, how are you really doing? And you're going to say, I hurt. This is, this is crap. This, this really aches inside. 
I really loved that girl. I really wanted that job. I really miss my friend. I really miss the loss of my dad and the marriage that broke apart. You have to grieve the things that are going on in your life. But the coded communication is saying, I got to pretend. And for you that say that you are good friends in people's corner, you got to look past pretense and see he's depressed. He's upset. He's not sleeping. He's doing a lot of drinking. And the corner has to say, man, I don't think you should go. You don't need to be doing all those drugs. You don't need to be all doing all that drinking. You don't need to go with them. You know all what they're about. That's not good for you. But what happens is you push people away that are important to help you stay safe, your first person safe, and you embrace people that don't give a flip about you. And that's where you got to be careful. you got to take care of yourself. And sometimes you have ladies in your life, women in your life, that are not looking at the bigger picture. They're looking at, can you take me out to Carabas and Outback and Texas Roadhouse and wherever else you want to go? That's not important in the long things that will be built to last. And when you build any relationship, you need to build it to last and not just think about the temporary. Now, I have something in my pocket. Oh, thank you. In my pocket, I have a $20 bill. When you're going through rejection, hurt, suffering, disappointment, you visually are the $20 bill. And at first, when you don't have those disappointments, those grief, that hurt inside of you, you look okay and you feel okay. But when that hurt and rejection comes, it's like crumpling up the $20 bill. And then something else happens and you're beating up yourself inside of your brain and people around you are not, and all of a sudden, here you are and you're on the ground and you're being kicked around and then stepped on and then People are walking past you say, that's trash. That's nothing that I want to deal with. I don't care about it. But then you have somebody that comes and sees this, sees you, sees you for who you are, not for what you can be, not the pretense of who you are as a player, money, all the stuff on the outside, but they see what's inside, and they see that the value is $20. They see your value. They see your hopes. They see your potential. Yes, it's wrinkled. But that's how your physical self is going to be. Your emotional self some days is going to be wrinkled and it's going to feel horrible. But you have to have somebody in your corner, male friends, female friends, your family, who's going to say, you're $20 of value. You are valuable. You are valuable. But they're going to also be toxic people in your life and say, you're worth less. You're worth a dollar. You're worth five dollars. And you feel so bad, you're like, maybe they're right. But you have to have people around you that are saying, you are worth $20. I don't care if you're torn up. I don't care if you're wrinkled up. I don't care if you're on the floor. You're worth your worth. You're valuable. But you have to be careful, guys, because in this life, 20 years become 30 years old, 40 years old, 50 years, and all kinds of things would come at you. And one of the things I decided to do as a new experiment this year, instead of just giving my business cards like normal, I and my team worked on writing five things on my business cards that I actually laminated so it would fit in a man's wallet. And I want you to have it for yourself. 
I want you to have it in your wallet for until you have the marriage, till you have kids, till you have grandkids. That's why I laminated it. Because the five things that I want you to always remember is establish your corner. Establish your corner. Do not settle because settling is sabotaging your life, whether it's your romantic life, your business life, your family life, any part of your friendship life. You have to remember as well that when it comes to building anything, build to last. Don't build for just 20 years old. That is such a reason why we have greater than 50% divorce rates and why some of your parents have called it quits or in the house playing games like they're still in love but they're just cold roommates waiting for you to graduate. And so you can't see that they are not in love connection. When you see those pictures on People magazine and you see the two people standing up beside each other but they're not holding hands or not this, they don't even want to fake anymore. They don't want to even fake anymore that they cannot stand each other. They're just married. You don't want that. You want to build a relationship to last. My point about rejection is that rejection is a lesson. All of us get rejected. Whether it's a woman rejecting you, breakups, marriages, failed finances, we all go through tough times in our life. How you leverage it being a lesson to grow and springboard for the future is up to you and up to the people in your corner surrounding you, whether it's your family members or your friends. But don't sabotage your life and be the person that, imagine this, you are the person that can write your own script of your life. And you have a failure, you say, my character, my main character of me, we're never gonna try again, we're never gonna care again, we're never gonna love again, we're never gonna try to pursue any dream because we got cut from a team. We're never gonna do anything regarding love because that girl said, I don't wanna be with you. That's her loss. She doesn't recognize the value of who you are, what you bring to the table. And I've said to this before, Make sure that you don't come under the misconception that everything about your life has to be figured out before you leave college. You don't have to have a wedding partner. You don't have to have everything figured out but about your career. None of us do. I'm in my 50s. Coach is in his 60s. We are just figuring this out now. Every time you go through moments of your life, you're growing and developing and learning. Nobody tells us that because they say, pursue the American dream. Get it all. Get your education. Everything's going to be perfect. We all got degrees. My master's degree doesn't make me have less feeling because I lost my husband or I have situations in my life. Degrees are wonderful, but you got to take care of yourself. Now, I've said a lot, and I understand I've given you cards. Now, whether you feel comfortable enough to ask questions out loud or write it on a card, I have my glasses this time. Ask me anything, because I really come here because I want you all to be okay, better than okay. I want you to have lives where I can see you, and I'll be older. I still have my hair color, believe me. But uh, I want you all to say, Miss Anita, I'm doing okay. And I still have my card that you gave me many years ago. I still have it in my wallet. And in this QR code that you're going to see, use your phone, I take something that's only two minutes long and it's something that's a timeless message to remind you when you get those moments in your life which you will have to remember what I said and to give you timeless encouragement it's a private YouTube that's only for Towson baseball so if you go to try to look it up you can only get it by going through this QR code I'm the owner I own the channel so I know I try 
I was like, oh, I want to hear it. I was like, no, I can't. I got to go to the GR code. So on this, it says everything I said. And then I'm going to pass something to you. And if you have those cards and you want to ask me questions, coach is giving me 15 minutes. Pass it in your room. And I'm willing to take any questions you guys may have. I have more. Hello, Mike. How are you? Pretty good, how are you? Oh, you're limping. I don't know why you're limping. See, I noticed that. Did you notice that? I'm asking my brother what's going on. <laughs> you got to notice stuff. I won't pass him for a second. All right. Anybody need more? So, let's read the first one out loud, gang. One, two, three. Establish your corner. Number two, settling and sabotaging. Number three, Build the last. Number four, rejection is a lesson. Number five, grief. You matter. You matter. Now, some of you guys, some of your fellow players are not here, so I'm going to leave it. If you have a roommate that missed it, please take it. So, what questions do you all have? You can cut off my video so nobody feels embarrassed and hit the finish button.